This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Let me now sing of my friend, my friend's song concerning his vineyard. My friend had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He spaded it, cleared it of stones, and planted the choicest vines. Within it he built a watchtower and hewed out a wine press. Then he looked for the crop of grapes, but what it yielded was wild grapes. Now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? Why, when I looked for the crop of grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Now I will let you know what I mean to do with my vineyard. Take away its hedge, give it to grazing, break through its wall, let it be trampled. Yes, I will make it a ruin. It shall not be pruned or hoed, but overgrown with thorns and briars. I will command the clouds not to send rain upon it. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are its cherished plant. He looked for judgment, but see bloodshed, for justice, but hark the outcry. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. A vine from Egypt you transplanted. You drove away the nations and planted it. It put forth its foliage to the sea, its shoots as far as the river. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Why have you broken down its walls, so that every passerby plucks its fruit? The boar from the forest lays it waste, and the beasts of the field feed upon it. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine, and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life, and we will call upon your name. O Lord, God of hosts, restore us. If your face shine upon us, Then we shall be saved. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received 
and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he said to his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Carla, on this 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, uh, being in October, it would be great to hear a few comments about Respect Life Month in our church. That's right. The Catholic Church has designated October as Respect Life Month. And for many Catholics, one of the first things we might think about when we hear this is abortion. And that's as it should be, because abortion is one of the greatest atrocities one of the greatest evils in our world today. However, Respect Life Month encompasses a long list of topics in which human life is violated, marginalized, exploited, and discounted. Now, the theme for this year's Respect Life Month for 2023 is Radical Solidarity. And the USCCB website has a published statement from the chairman of pro-life activities, Bishop Michael Burbage of Arlington, in which he invites Catholics to commemorate this 50th anniversary of Respect Life Month by embracing radical solidarity with women facing difficult or challenging pregnancies. Mm, And how important that is, the respect of that, all of that life. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know, we have in our readings today some striking parallels between Isaiah, our first reading, and then the gospel. Um, Both are parables of a landowner of a vineyard. Uh, In both cases, the landowner is God, and in both cases, God is rejected. (laughs) Did I hear you say these are parallel parables? Ah, Ah, I guess they are. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. You are really on it today, huh? There you go. (laughs) 
Well, tell us about the first of this parallel parable. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, so in the first reading, Isaiah tells a story about a landowner who meticulously prepared a vineyard. He even went so far as to build a barrier to prevent thieves from plundering the harvest, and he had a wine press specifically made so the fruit of the harvest could be brought to fulfillment in what would most certainly have been a vintage beyond compare. But something went terribly wrong. Even after everything the landowner did to ensure a successful harvest, the crop was a failure. Angry and disappointed, the owner of the vineyard threatened to abandon the vineyard and allow it to perish. Now, Isaiah uses this story to remind the Israelites of everything that God did for them, how he brought them out of the land of Egypt. He fed them with manna from heaven. He settled them in the promised land and how through their own fault, through their own sin, they would bring about their own misery. This was a warning to get them to understand that sin was a rejection of God and a rejection of God was a rejection of his grace And without the grace of God, they are doomed. And that same warning applies to all generations that followed. In fact, 700 years after this prophecy, our Lord used it to challenge the chief priests and the elders. And we hear more about that in the gospel. Yes, but while we're still on the first reading here, I mean, you make a really good point that God painstakingly did everything for the land to produce good grapes and for the wine to be amazing. And this really was a beautiful, I think, prefiguration of two other uh, readings here, so to speak, I guess. One comes out of Psalm 104, uh, verse 15. God gave us wine to gladden the hearts. Again, what a beautiful thing that wine can do in the right context. Uh, I think this is also a beautiful prefiguration of the church itself. Uh, one of the symbols of the church is the vineyard. You might also know the symbol of the church of a sheepfold or a cultivated field. Again, this is that one prefiguration of what the church is going to be with Jesus Christ. And and we mess it up, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. right? We, we bring forth wild grapes. I mean, why do we think we know better? And, and you know, I, I don't know why. But again, I think this is a call to ultimately to submit to God's word, to be under the mission is, is submission of the church and its teachings, how important that is. It sure is. And Isaiah knew it all those years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't changed. (laughs) Well, in the second reading with Philippians, there are basically four parts of this. Uh, The first part is let go of your anxiety. And I, of course, say that as much to me as I say it to everyone else. Um, The second part, pray and make known your need to God. The third part, focus then on beauty and love. And then the fourth part is receive God's peace. What a wonderful four-part formula that we can use to live our lives. Yeah, it is. And St. Paul tells us, he tells us to pray about our problems and not allow worry to consume our hearts. And you know, when we face uncertainties and disappointments, it's really hard to remain focused on what we profess to believe as followers of Christ. You know, for some of us, The journey through life's perilous valleys will bring us to a crossroads in which we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we really believe and are we really committed or were we just skating by because things were easy? And when we reach that crossroads, to find the answer, we'll need to dig deep inside of ourselves and muster up the courage that it's going to take to resolve our fears by surrendering, willingly surrendering them to God. And St. Paul tells us we do this through prayer. This doesn't mean that the problem's going to magically be resolved or just disappear. 
And it doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to have a happily ever after ending. But we will have God's grace to draw on for strength and to find peace in the midst of turmoil. If we practice this kind of surrender in the small things that come up all the time, we're going to be better prepared to take our problems directly to prayer and less likely to experience disordered anxiety. Yeah, and that prayer, I think, is so important to address that disordered anxiety, isn't it? Yeah. Well, as we move to the gospel today, we see, again, as you mentioned earlier, a beautiful complement to the first reading here. We see the landowner who planted a vineyard, and that's uh, the actor there, so to speak, is God. That means uh, God. The tenants are Israel's leaders. The servants are the Old Testament prophets. And then the son is Jesus Christ. And what a beautiful reading this is in the sense of this fulfills Psalm 118, verse 22. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Remember that Christ came first for the house of Israel. He started his public ministry and missionary work in the north to reclaim the 10 lost tribes. He was reversing Israel's history. He was recovering those lost tribes. He was bringing Israel back to the Lord. And then Christ expanded his invitation to all and how beautiful, important that and thankful that really is. Yeah, it is. And you know, when Jesus addressed the chief priests and the elders, he used that same story, like you said, that we heard in our first reading from Isaiah. But when Jesus told it, he included the sequel, right? The part about how the owner of the land, the vineyard, was betrayed by his tenants, and who they even went so far as to murder the son of the landover in an attempt to claim the vineyard as their own. So those who defiantly claim autonomy from God, you know, we don't, I don't need God, I'm on, I'm, I, can, I can handle this, and they wage war against everything that is godly, they will suffer severely for the transgressions. And it won't be a punishment inflicted by God, it will be a self-inflicted punishment brought about by their own free will. So ultimately, by embracing the church, we embrace Christ. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.